Ah, that's a refreshing beer. It's not a KBC beer, but it could be with just a small KBC sponsorship. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. All right, welcome to episode one of season two for the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. I'm your host. And this week I'm joined by the regular crew. Why don't you guys introduce yourself since we might have some new listeners this week. Hey everyone, it's Dustin. And Rob Gilreath here. Uh, We've got CCHA talk. Uh, The COVID reduced schedule just came out today. And just kind of the state of college hockey in general. Um, That kind of covers just about everything. I guess I don't really need to ask you guys if I'm missing anything. Um... So we'll do a quick play of some thank you notes, plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and start with what's going on with the CCHA since uh, the last time we talked. I think it was July. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Quite a bit's happened, I guess, since the last time we actually recorded, since we did... uh or since we published, we did record one episode that just kind of got punted because too much changed by the time I got around to even thinking of editing it. Um, So the CCHA is a thing. We kind of talked about that once before. Don Lucia is the commissioner now. We're going to start up next season. Hopefully that season will be normal in some fashion. And St. Thomas is now a member. And then I guess the last thing that came out that we didn't actually talk about the last time we chatted was the logo is now out um oh that's right yeah the cha logo i like it i like it i think um some of the designs that got passed around on our slack chat might have been a little better like making the hockey stick part of the logo one color would have been i think a cool thing to do versus what they did but at the same time like i think it works really well i think it'll look really nice with um each of the teams being able to use their own colors for the logo on, I assume that's what they'll be doing like on their jerseys. And yeah, I really like I, that idea. I'll let you customize it up a little bit. I think that looks really, really. Yeah, neat. me too. It fits really well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, I think that's a nice feature of it. That you know, you don't think about it too much, but you throw a random logo on a jersey and it does, the colors don't match or anything. Yeah, and this way I think it looks a little better than like the like you know how on like the gold jerseys tech has the wcha logo was always just black right this way it can be like a couple colors and and pop instead of kind of just being there 
for each team. Um, what do you guys really think about St. Thomas joining up? I, I think it fits, and it fits well. Yeah, I think it's a big, uh, very positive addition to the new league. The biggest benefit is a foothold in Minneapolis-St. Paul, which is a very... It's a good hockey center to have a foothold in, and it's good to have a presence in Minneapolis-St. Paul for the for the league. Yeah, I think St. Thomas is certainly. I mean, especially now when you think about things like you know the marketing side and the sponsorship side, like having that another team in Minnesota and having them be in the Twin Cities can really help in that department, especially when. Isn't St. Thomas probably the biggest school in the conference? As I don't know. Far what, as, like, what is their enrollment size? How big are they as a school? I can't itself? imagine I they're bigger than Bowling Green. Question. I don't know. But the, having an actual Twin Cities team, another team that everybody can drive to, I, you can't ask for more with an expansion team. That's pretty much perfect. Oh, it looks like um, Bowling Green is 17 and St. Thomas is like 10. So, but I mean, it makes sense that they guess they'd be so second because I don't think anybody at 10, else is at 10,000. That's that's fairly close to Northern, right? There's there's somewhere around there. Are they, aren't they just under 10,000? No, they're like seven, like okay. Tech. I thought they were a little bigger. I guess Ferris is bigger, 14, 15. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe I should have done a little more research on all that. But, um, you know, and I also think, like, you know, you've got that big alumni base here. I, I One of the things that I don't like about the new league is that they picked flow hockey, personally. <laughs> like, I, I'd love to get away from that and, you know, be on ESPN Plus or something that's more affordable for anybody, even if the games still are, like, the same quality. Yeah, know? I'm watching ESPN Plus right now as we record this, so. Yeah. What's on ESPN Plus? Uh, UFC replays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, like, I'd probably have it on. Well, I guess it would probably just be a replay of the Fox Sports that I would be watching. Um, since I brought up St. Thomas, one of our questions from patron Mark Bailey was apparently him and his roommate are arguing about uh, with... LIU starting this year and St. Thomas starting next year, which one will be competitive first? And the follow-up to that was, I asked what he meant by competitive, and he said challenging for wins every night against anyone that's on their schedule. That's still a little vague, right? It depends what their schedule is. Yeah. I think both of them are in a very similar situation in that they're in areas that that create and grow a lot of hockey players you know new new york and long island you know there, there's a hockey culture there and obviously there is in minnesota both of them are potentially set up for success uh i would say st thomas maybe has a little bit of a leg up coming from you know moving up from d3 they've got a little bit more of a internal infrastructure i would say i I think it's really hard to answer this till you know 
who the St. Thomas coach is going to be because they've already the the current D3 head coach is retiring. But I it's hard not to just go with St. Thomas because they have a conference so they have that the structure already to like there's no question necessarily of, and and I'm sure they'll get games in with Minnesota schools other than the ones in the conference to at least some probably maybe not a ton all the time but like they'll get games um whereas Long Island who knows what kind of schedule they're going to have next year they're going to get games i mean they didn't they already announce that they're interlocking with uh somebody out there for this season because of covid they're basically the non-member 12th team of the of uh, Atlantic hockey Right, yeah. So they've already they've already been able to schedule stuff right away. I can't imagine something like that doesn't continue for the next year as well. Well, I, but I, it's the same thing. Like Arizona State, I don't think is ever joining the Big Ten, but they're the team that helps balance the schedule because of COVID. yeah, true. That is a wicked schedule they're playing. Yeah, <laughs> every single game is an away game. Every single game should be an away game if your home arena is that arena. I don't disagree with that, but that's still nuts. Yeah. No, that that'll be tough how on much, them. But how much would it suck like, if you went to school? You you went to Arizona State because you wanted to go to the warm weather, and you're every single game you're traveling north to the snow <laughs> to the Midwest. Yeah. Right. I was kind of laughing because I was watching the uh, the Badger. Who the heck did they play? Illinois game last Friday before COVID. The fighting them. Lovey Smith. Yeah, they're not playing this. They're not playing this weekend. Yeah, and um, they put up a graphic where Paul Christ is like, I think he's like the fourth or fifth winningest coach in his first five seasons or something, and Yost was on the list. Oh really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They named their hockey rink after a football coach. <laughs> Just Michigan things. Yeah, everything's named after a football coach. I don't know. I, I think it'll be St. Thomas because of the 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 recruiting hotbed that it is. The, the fact that they'll probably get, you know, they're in a more stable situation. Not that it can't be... I, I just feel like St. Thomas is going to put more into it than LIU from like a budgetary standpoint and from a, um, and then they have a, I think they have a better built-in system or setup with being in the CCHA off the bat. Whereas in the end, it does think it does feel like LIU's better fit is Atlantic hockey, which I think is a step below, um, but I guess we'll see how that all goes, too. Because we still don't know what's really going to happen because of COVID with things like Lake Superior State as a university and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've not heard anything more rumblings on that since we talked last. That's an interesting discussion. I'm, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a lot of people making a lot more money than us that are having discussions about that. But... Yeah. And I'm sure that that's not the only university in the country that are having similar issues. And it's just, I mean, it's an assumption that they're having issues, but I mean, I think all colleges are 
you know, seeing the impact, and it's a pretty good assumption to think that at least one or two in the league are, you know, potentially in jeopardy. Yeah, it's hard not to feel that way with, I mean, especially when you're going to have a season here, like, I guess we still don't know what's going to happen, but I highly doubt you're going to have fans in the stands. Like, I I guess I don't know what's going on in Michigan, but I assume, like, the Big Ten teams are not playing in front of fans for football, are they? I mean, I'm not really a fan. I I thought that still depended on local, like, it's not a league thing, and they're letting it up to what the local guidelines are. They are, but and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not a fan of Michigan State or Michigan, so I have no idea if they're letting fans into those football stadiums to know whether or not, like, the state of Michigan is allowing that. But I'm guessing they're they're one of the ones that is not. There's a pretty big part of me that so it's, that that hopes that Michigan State allowed their fans in to watch them lose to Rutgers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nah, that was a that was a beating. That was weird. I know I saw, like Dave Ellis was pretty upset about that on Facebook. That was kind of funny. Um, just how bad Michigan State was and what it, it's a new coach, yeah. right? I think first year head coach. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, that was that was kind of funny seeing how bad that was. It's not a podcast unless we get at least some jab in at one of those two schools. <laughs> or just northern you know. well i think our count's up to two we we're already talking about yost and how it's named after a football coach rather than a hockey coach so so i guess the big thing that kind of got us to record this evening instead of earlier this week was the announcement that the schedules were coming out and they did get announced on uh, wednesday afternoon um michigan tech's 100th season will begin at lake superior state the weekend before Thanksgiving, and that will be a non-conference series. One of, or those will be two of ten non-conference games that Michigan Tech is supposed to play. They're all scheduled against WCHA opponents, um, with play against Minnesota State, Bemidji State, Lake State, and four games against Northern. They're going to end up having three home and home series against Northern, one of which will be in conference, and then they play two games against every other team in the WCHA at some point during the season, and and the the WCHA portion starts in January. Um, Yeah, so everything before January is not conference-related. It's all all non-conference. You look at the schedule, look at the teams, and go, that must be conference, but it's not. So it's definitely strange. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do something like um, build in a non-conference week somewhere in the middle that they could switch to conference if something happened. But they do have, from everything that I've heard, despite the, the announcement said nothing about playoffs other than when they'll happen. And if you notice from the WCHA release, the playoffs are shown as being two weekends. Not three like they have been and the rumor that i have heard is that four teams are making the wcha playoffs and the weekend before that was normally the first round is now 
an open weekend in case there's a COVID issue that causes some games to be canceled or postponed, I guess is the proper term. So that'll be really interesting to see if that's actually what they end up doing and and how it'll all go. So are we? how confident are we on, on that from the first weekend standpoint when on the schedule that is currently published on tax website it's listed as march 12th through the 14th so there's three days listed yeah whereas the the article says 12th through the 13th or 12th and 13th what do you mean about the confident well is it is is it a potential mini bubble situation where there are uh you know, could, like a I final five, like, being where you like have the like way the a... final five used to be, where there's a Thursday night game or some, you know, it probably wouldn't be Thursday, but Friday, Saturday, I mean, Sunday. Especially if there's no fans, it makes sense that you could have like, um, you know, one, one five, or one four five and eight go to the one, and two three, six and seven go to the two, and they play a little mini tournament, and then the two winners of those play each other the following yeah week, and something know. like that that's yeah, possible it, it's just it all depends on how much they want to travel and and what they really want to do it could but, also be a typo um yeah so <laughs> who knows i mean but if it's three days it could also be a best of three series like it's always been that's true it could just be a best of three series so i i wouldn't be surprised if it's just top four teams best of three series the first weekend and a winner take all the second weekend and that's it um but uh, but we don't really know that yet i think the you know the saddest part about all this is we're losing our 100th season celebration against michigan in houghton and knowing mel pearson he'll find a way to never come to houghton again now that there's no 100th season yeah, because it's very conflicting. Because if you read the par- like the if you read the article that Tech posted of their schedule, it says the postseason will play out over the weekends of March twelfth, thirteenth, and March nineteenth, twentieth. And then if you read the actual schedule that's in that article, not the one that's in the like you know how you can find like the full schedule on the schedule page, but in the article that they posted mm-hmm. on Wednesday. It says WCHA playoffs March 12th through the 14th, and then WCHA playoffs March 20th. Yeah, that is odd. So that's, like, the bottom there tells me that it's it's going to be, it could be the mini tournament you're thinking, or it could end up being just the best of three and then the winner, like it has been. So you're just getting rid of the first round. Um, I know the one of the first things I looked at is when is Tech playing at Bemidji and when is Tech playing at Minnesota State, and of course... Both those weekends are weekends that I have my daughter, so I can't go even as media because I can't take her with if there's no fans. Well, so. I was annoyed. I was annoyed that at first when I looked at it and I saw at Bemidji State, and I wanted to make that trip, and then I re- and I mentioned it to my wife that um, that's a weekend that my dad and I have a golf trip planned, and I'm like, oh, we're not going to be able to go to Bemidji. She said, what do you mean? Not like you'd be able to go to the games anyways. Well, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what that ends up happening. You know, is it 
is it a limited seating? Is it spaced out seating? What are they What are they going to do? I think that's going to depend on. It's, yeah, local. it's low. It's, I'm sure it's going to be local. Right. If if it's in a place that the local government and local regulations allow it, I'm sure they're going to sell tickets. But it's going to be different from location. Well, to I think location. right now in Minnesota it can't happen, right? I I don't know. I know that over the the summer I mean, the, I guess Saints... the Saints played, so maybe it isn't the it, maybe it isn't a, a government mandate as much of like these are the requirements you have to meet. Them, yeah, I think you're right. The, the Saints, Saints did play, fans. but this is also not outdoors. That's true. The, the Saints is outdoors, so that's it's different. And then the other one I looked at was when they're going to be at Alaska. Maybe I could go up there one last time. But when I looked on the the, on here it says February twelfth, thirteenth, but I when I looked on the WCHA release I got it said they played like Thursday, Saturday or something, or Thursday, yeah Thursday, Friday, and I was like, well, I can't really go up Thursday. That'd be. Well, what else are you gonna use your vacation like... on? Well, I have my kid on Thursdays. No, bring her to Alaska. <laughs> I'm not taking her. What am I supposed to do during the game when she can't go in with me? <laughs> Hide her in a backpack. Uh, leave her at the peanut factory place or the pe- the peanut branch, whatever that place is called. <laughs> okay. Um, what did you guys think of the schedule? I, it's it's making the best out of a crap situation, and yeah. it's ambitious, right? I mean, to even try to do to even try to do the season with the fact that their pro sports leagues can, you know, fall back on their big contracts that they've got with TV for revenue for NCAA sports with the exception of basketball and football, they're not, the revenue isn't coming from TV markets and TV contracts. It's coming from the people in the stands. Well, so, to be fair, if nobody's in the stands, it'll be interesting to see how good they do with flow this year. I mean, your dad's gonna buy one if he can't go to any of the games, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't doubt it. Can I get Ro- but, Can I yeah, get flow on my Roku? Yes. Oh, then maybe I will do it. Flows on Roku and Amazon. I haven't done it in the past because I'm annoyed Fire. by the poor quality. But now that I have a Roku in my office, maybe I'll do do it. Well, that poor quality is, I think, one of the number one things the CCHA needs to mandate from a league perspective. Yes, absolutely. Especially since they went with flow and that price point basically makes you feel like you have to get quality quality out of it. I don't really care about the production side as much as I care about the picture and the cameraman themselves. Like, if they're not great like play-by-play guys, I can live with that because I can always sync up Dirk if I really want to or or just mute it, but the the picture quality needs to be there. The picture quality needs to be there, and somebody needs to teach the basics of when doing hockey, you don't need to zoom in all the time and just stay high center camera for the majority of the game and then yeah. do zooms for your replays. The yeah. constant zooming in on folks during regular play is one of the most frustrating things that every web production does. They overproduce the crap out of it. Makes it uh <laughs> makes it frustrating. You catch that? You're beating a dead horse. I think oh, that's what was going about... on. I, I had no idea what you were doing there. 
<laughs> I know I know we haven't had a podcast in a while, yeah. but it feels like we talk about that every time. Yeah, no, for sure. But it, it, it's, yeah, it's to me, it's it's really interesting that they're going forward with the seasons. I mean, I know you can't just basically say no, we're not going to play, right? But I, I'm honestly surprised that they didn't find a way to like build in more opportunities to take a break. And I think that's one of the bigger things that you see with college football, the mistakes they're making. Like, Big Ten has no room. Like, Wisconsin and Nebraska are never going to play now. Like, unless they play on, like, a Wednesday and at some point, which I don't think is going to happen. Like, there's no there's no possibility of, like, makeup. So, one week to make things up if something happens, like, I don't think that's enough. I- I think in a situation like that, and I think in if it happened in the WCHA, I'd agreed on the same policy. And I even thought it in, when it happened to some NFL teams. It, if you are the team that cannot play because of positive COVID tests, it's not a canceled game. It's not a delayed game. You forfeit. Well, the problem with that, Dustin, is then you'll get some Jerry Tarkanian coach that'll hide positive tests or claim some kid is hurt instead of has COVID and try and play when other people could be positive. Like, I think there's a big difference between the the biggest thing you have to do is like with the Titans is figure out, did they screw up or did it just happen? Like, like the Titans definitely should have, um, forfeited a game if it came out that they broke rules after the first tests came back positive, you know, and it kept getting be- worse. Well, they were. There's video of them going in and practicing at a high school when they were supposed to be like quarantined at home. Yeah, and they, yep, yeah. and they should have forfeited for that. But at the same time, like, I don't think you can. Like, do you think the Badgers should be uh, forfeiting this weekend against Nebraska because, like? Their community is terrible right now, and and it ended up getting into the team. I, I think as long as the rule is applied equally to every team, it's fair. That's true. And I guess as long as you start the season expecting that, that's fine. One of the other things that I think you can see happen, too, in the WCHA with the way the schedule is, is it seems like there's a possibility that some of these early season games end up counting as conference games if the right games yeah. get canceled. Like, yeah, I don't know. Is that like an if, option? I don't see why it couldn't be an option because um, it's not like you're not going to try and win them or treat them any differently because you're still going to want to win all them if you're going to make the tournament depending on how all that happens. Um, yeah, pairwise is going to be an interesting math problem this year. I still year. think we should have had just like a, like a 10-game non-conference schedule and then the 64 game national tournament in bubble <laughs> everybody makes the tournament yes, this in year a bubble yeah, yeah. <laughs> that i i would have watched that <laughs> yeah there's no way the ncaa is paying for that though no i know <laughs> make... but it but it also would have been fine too if you had set it up where like um like yeah, I, I think what you could have done is something like that where like each um like each conference like for so the WCHA has ten teams. So you could basically like split it into like um 
I don't know what you'd do, I guess, because NCHC's eight and the Big Ten's seven plus Arizona State's eight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that part doesn't really work. But, like, what you could end up doing is just breaking it all into, like, four team groups and doing, like, a, a bubble round robin kind of thing, kind of like how soccer tournaments are, and just, like, play three days in a row. You play the three other teams in the group in one location, and whoever wins that group goes on to the next group, and you play another group of four like the next week. Well, and lose just lose down. the conference affiliations, and you can actually use some common sense and geography, and it makes a lot more sense to do that. Whoa, whoa, we're way past that, Dustin. <laughs> Tim's not beating a dead horse again. No, he's not beating his horse yet. Why? Why doesn't Dustin get the beat, the dead horse beating on Zoom? <laughs> I bring up one thing again, and I get a whole pantomime show while I'm trying yeah. to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a weird season. There's there's no way about it. I mean, look what the other leagues are doing, right? Is the NCHC is going through with their bubble plan, aren't they? Yep. At least for I I don't really know. Like it sounds like they're supposed to be. It sounds like they're taking the MLS approach where they're gonna have a bubble early and then go to campus at some point but maybe that'll change too if it doesn't go like if covid doesn't go the way they hope either right so if they're doing that bubble it means that the guys are they're all going to be i think it's in omaha right is where they've decided yeah omaha so they're the whole team is going down there from there so they're all still doing school while they're down there how long are they in omaha i don't know like two months right so you're basically taking the hockey team away from the university for two full months because they're not traveling back and forth, right? No, I wouldn't think so. I'd assume what's going to happen is like Omaha is going to like create dorms or something. I don't know. Right. Or get a good deal and like rent out a couple hotels completely somewhere. Which, by the way, it's a pretty decent town, actually. I've been down there two times now and probably going back next week. Yeah, I've got nothing against Omaha. I've never been there, but it's it just seems odd to me that you're taking, and with classes all being online, I guess it doesn't matter, right? You can do them from wherever, so who cares where you're physically located as long as you get your classes done? Uh, yeah, classes? You think they they care? They're they're not taking classes. They're UND. You think they make their <laughs> hockey players take classes? They don't <laughs> even make them not be asshole racist. Right. So. Yeah, that's an interesting story too. I Great, I got to put of... the expletive on there now. Cool. <laughs> well, that that is a good story that we probably should talk about. Did you see? Did you guys read the athletic article about that? I haven't read the athletic article. I saw he sent out a letter basically to every single NHL team trying to explain it, and apparently, like one of the kids he bullied a lot, uh, he apologized to. But there's another one that's come out and said basically that, you know, he said nothing to us. Yeah, he's never apologized to us, but yeah. he apologized to the GMs of the 31 right. teams. So, yeah, as soon as you realize it's actually going to catch up to you, you apologize to all your future employers, but you don't bother to talk back to the people that you tortured for years. Good work. For, for all of you out there that aren't paying attention to this, a kid that was drafted by the Coyotes, what, 111th overall or something? Yeah, something like that, three digits. And it's what's his first name? I don't know, to be honest. I'd have but to it, look. But it's Mitchell's his last name, right? He's a defenseman for North Dakota. That's who we're talking about. He got drafted by the Coyotes 
and it came out that uh, he basically bullied and called a um, uh, a black kid with some disabilities the n-word multiple times and bullied him pretty bad to the point that um, yeah it's it's just not a good story if you go find it and you know the parents the parent the what was it like the adoptive parent of the kid basically came out and said like he's never apologized to us the judge even said he didn't think the kid had any remorse for doing it and and all he's basically doing from from the outside perspective that you see is that he's basically covering his butt so that he could get drafted and kind of just pretend it never happened after he gets where he wants to be and it's not a good situation at all it looks terrible um yeah i that and you know i saw the statement from north dakota they basically said they knew it and they want to take the opportunity to you know teach him at college to be a better person and all this and that and it and it's it just feels like lip service. To as long as he can be a top two defenseman for them, they'll try to teach him to be a better person. Yeah. Will they, though? No. That school? <laughs> what were we talking? Oh, I think it was... I think I saw Donna posted something at one point talking about how... Um, something about... I don't remember where what it was in reference to, but I think it was in reference to something that happened at one of the protests, and it was talking about remembering how um, didn't some kid that played for North Dakota like get elected to some office recently? I have no idea. But he, while he was in college, he got like arrested for like urinating in public. Oh, that's a North Dakota story. Now I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. The- Wait, Oshi, Oshi. <laughs> Got elected? Was it? Oh, well, he's the one that peed in the elevator. Oh, I, I thought it was somebody else. No, there was someone that got that was out was was outside taking a whiz from North Dakota as well. Well, and then you've got what's his name lost his toes because he was oh. walking around in North Dakota without Danny shoes Crisp on. toes. Yep, Crisp. <laughs> so they've had they've have a long history of a bunch of kids doing stupid stuff, um, and it was basically talking about how like if if. You know, if that happened to a black kid, like maybe his life's over and then great. These hockey players do the same thing and and they're still, you know, I think somebody got elected something and I don't remember who now it was. Well, stupid people get elected every election cycle. So, yeah. Did you guys see that the video I shared of the, the governors of Minnesota, the former governors talking up how like you should all get out and vote and how proud we are of like being number one for turnout in the country and like jesse ventura shows up in like a plain black t-shirt and jeans and like the raggedy ass hair he reminds me of um his haircut and his his hair at this point reminds me of uh the old was a physics professor i think aiken was it uh yeah he had hair that was just like similar that maybe yeah all that's left is a little bit hanging off the back but it's still going down you know so yeah he's letting it grow as much as he can to make up for Missing all the rest of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did see that. Okay. Oh. We have definitely gone off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're going to punt on this one, too, and it's just kind of like a warm-up episode. I don't know. No, you got to post it. I'm not spending this much time if you're not posting it. 
All right. You've been watching Fair UFC enough. reruns the whole time. I see your eyes. Well, <laughs> sounds pretty good. Oh, man. My... Well, what else do we want to talk about? Anything? Well, it sounds like, up here from a tech perspective, it sounds like the Swede made it over, right? Yeah, that's a good one to talk. Oh, that was the other there question. Was, there was some worry there, right, that he may not be able to come over due to, you know, everything. Yep. So the other question was from Nick Holmes. Which tech player are you most excited to watch this upcoming season? Um, from a new player perspective, I know, Dustin, we kind of talked about this on Slack, but... Um, yeah, the the Euro guy and Bantle are the two guys that yeah, I want to sure. see play for yeah, Kateroth. And see Kateroth, yeah. So I, I think it'll be great to see those two and and like Rob brought up there that reminded me of this other question, like that that was a question whether or not he was gonna get to come um with all of Trump stuff that he did on travel, whether or not uh Kateroth or even some of the Canadians were gonna be allowed to come here if they had gone home and it sounds like from everything i've heard that is fine i know Kadarov yeah, they're, they're just here and they he can never wanted they're just but, here and they can never leave again right they can't right. go back i think they can't go back to their home countries is how it works out isn't it without <laughs> the quarantine well i'm sure that's fine right yeah it's not that hard you just take a boat across the lake <laughs> <laughs> that takes 14 days right you're fine yeah are you rowing? No, use the wind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure crossing a cannon on a sailboat doesn't take 14 days. <laughs> it, depends, it depends how good you are well, at sailing. I was talking about going back to Sweden, but yeah. <laughs> but you can go there on wind, too, if you really are good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's been done before. Well, allegedly. But yeah, no, it's good. It, it's good to... <laughs> it's That's good. Cool. Good to hear he made it over and it's and it's you know with the team, for sure. So, but I'm with you both. Bantle is definitely the guy I'm looking forward to seeing this year and how he does more than anything of the incoming group. This whole group is a good incoming group, though. To be honest, yeah, Thorn will be another one that I want to see how good he transitions from uh, the CCHL, kind of a small uh, central. Or basically, like a yeah, I didn't even know that metro league Toronto league or Western. No, it's, it's, league. it's Ottawa. It's the Ottawa it's area. The Ottawa. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm worried, but it is, I think their teams are in Toronto or in in Ontario, right? But right near Ottawa. Yep. Well, yeah. yeah it's a really strange footprint. I Ottawa like, I didn't in know Ontario. it existed. Correct. Oh, sorry, but it's. <laughs> Close to it's Quebec, on the border, to right? Quebec, it's, yeah. it's that it's that yeah. little it's that little yeah. it's like the panhandle, if you will, of Ontario that sticks up into Quebec is where all those teams are located at. Yeah, it's basically on the north side of Lake Ontario, right? Yeah, it's it's somewhere north. Uh, no, of it's it doesn't Toronto. touch doesn't touch Lake Ontario. Somewhere north and east of yeah. Toronto. North and east of yeah. Toronto. Yep, correct. So so yeah, Brett Thorne. It's 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 Arvid Kataroth and Carson Bantle are definitely the freshmen that I want to see play and I expect to be playing. Um, yeah, I, I don't have as high of expectations for Thorne. I, I think he's got a ton of potential and big upside, but I worry that the transition from that league to Division One is going to be a bigger jump, and it may just take longer for him to get to, to, to that level. Who... 
Yeah, I don't expect we him to come in to... and be top four, but I also expect him to be dressing most nights. When we were talking to Drew, I believe early. I believe I believe Bowling Green's had a couple of players that have come from there. Yeah. Um directly and it's a couple of their big name guys too. But were so they big names I, as, as freshmen, or did they take a I don't couple know, years I, to get their feet wet? And then, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I think I think he might be yeah. a guy that we don't see a lot from, and he may be he you know he plays a few weekends. He's playing both games, and then otherwise maybe he gets in one night a weekend. And <sighs> but by the time he's a junior and a senior, he's a a, a big contributor, and and he. Yeah, that is kind of what my expectation is, and hopefully, it's better than that. And he's a big contributor from the beginning, but I don't have as high of expectations for him as I do for Cataroth and and Bantle. But so, who do you really see though as being the the six guys out of the gate? Then I mean, you've got. I don't even remember. I got to pull up a roster here quick. This is you the got, first time in a long time that I can remember that we don't have an incoming freshman from the BCHL. Yeah. Uh, when's the last time that's happened? I don't know. It's probably been a long time. Right. And that's, that's been a huge uh, recruiting ground for us. I mean, you've got Rockwell, Goats, Buckley, Datama, Lipe, Sawyer, Watson. That's seven, but uh, like... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where where Thorne fits in. And you might be right that it might take him a while to transition, but I I have a feeling by the end of the year he's playing mm-hmm. every night. So I, I, if you you want to know the top 6, I mean, I I really like Datama by the end of last year. I think he's Yeah, he he, is, he, he really improved. He he's I he's agree. a he's a guy that I think is going to get a lot of ice time and is is solid. Um, him and Leip and Goats and Rockwell are your top four. Well, I don't know. Sawyer's there, too. Yeah. So, I have a feeling that you're going to have uh, Rockwell, Sawyer, Goats, and Datama or Leip are going to be the top four, maybe depending on... And some of that top four switching might depend... like. Datum on light might jump up if you're playing a physical team that you need the size. Um, or, you know, however they want to do that versus, like, that might be more of a, a situational thing. I don't remember Thorne's. So, uh, yeah, and, and it depends on style, too. He's I a mean, big Thorne, kid, too. Yeah, yeah Thorne put up points, well. uh, and I've never watched him play. In, in that league, it's not like we're going to be able to see a lot of, like, of that league games anywhere um but the points he put up it seems like he's he's an offensive defenseman and you know how much can you build a lineup with the young inexperienced offensive defenseman you know you kind of you're going to have to put him in places where he can succeed and not be a defensive liability and and maybe he's not a defensive liability but that's what you think of when you see a defenseman that's putting up massive points, right? So I, I think I think they're gonna well, have to. And pick the other the thing you got to think about, the other thing you got to think about too, is unlike most years, our non-conference games are against WCHA teams. Not that they're bad teams at all, but you, you know you're not. It's not some murderer's row of non-conference like it has been sometimes in the past. We. 
and you've got like this 10 game window where you can get his feet wet and the games don't mean quite as speaking much. Speaking of that, did they do we have any indication did we ask if we could have all of our northern games played at Barry Event Center since we <laughs> kill there? <laughs> There's no fans, so it doesn't no. matter, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. just a that's a normal weekend for northern. <laughs> <laughs> That joke never gets old, no matter <laughs> no, what school we make fun of. Not having fans. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm. I am definitely. I am looking forward to a, a northern series a month, basically for most of the season. That is not a negative to this to me at all. <laughs> that's that's kind of. No, neat. it was kind of surprising to see that they they are playing six games against them, but the fact that it's three home and homes is kind of fine with me. And yeah. I and I guess I didn't look to see. Is well, there what, shortest... one November, one December, and one sometime later? Yeah, it's it's once a month, uh, with the exception I think of January. I had the schedule up here earlier. Let's see here. But... Well, don't know. They only play. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah November, November, December, and February. And February. Yeah. yeah. So January they don't play them. That's the only. That's the only and March we don't play. Playoffs, well, so March yeah. playoffs. Yeah, which. Yeah. I mean, it seems like playoffs end at Northern for us at some point <laughs> in the last few years anyways. So, and I did look at this, but somebody pointed out that not all the, not everybody in conference is playing a home-and-home home at some point. So some teams are going to have 10 home games. Not that I think that's a huge deal this year with without fans. Although, who knows what that'll actually end up being. Yeah, um, I'm just... Uh, I'm. I mean, to me, as long as the games get in, I'm just impressed the season is happening with everything going on. Yeah, and with the way the, um, and the way things are trending. Yeah, with the way things are trending, I don't really know if it's gonna work out that way. What's the... guys? I didn't. Well, the UP's trending hard in the wrong direction right now, as well as at least Wisconsin is. I don't know how it is in Minnesota at this point, but I didn't realize it before. I'm looking at the yeah. roster now. We got big. Like there, there are yeah. four guys on this team that are six foot five. Yeah, that's not small. And another that another six four. Oh, it does look like they're all home and homes. Whoever said that was mistaken. But the the longer some a couple like so, Alaska and Anchorage, Tech and Northern, Ferris and Lake State are home and homes. Um, I guess they're just written out differently. So they're home and homes and they, and then, but then like Huntsville and Bowling Green are home and home, but they're playing Wednesday, Saturday, Bemidji and Minnesota state are home and home, but they're playing Thursday, Saturday. So it's, it does look like it'll actually be a balanced schedule. And maybe that was one of the last hangups was trying to figure out how they were going to do that. Because when Northern originally accidentally released their schedule, it had a 16-game schedule, which made no sense to me at all. Other than maybe they didn't want to have the, like, if you're not going to have, uh, if you're going to have, um, if you're going to try and make it even, I think you go the other way and you do your designated rival four times and everybody else too, right? If you're not going to try and do this home and home at the end. Sure. Yeah, I. The the fact like I said, the fact that they even have a schedule <laughs> that somewhat works condensed into the timeline it is is just impressive in and of itself. So, 
I'm not going to read too much into, you know, making it a fair and equal schedule like you need to normally, that kind of thing. Let's let's just yeah. be happy we have a season and we're going to get to watch some hockey from the from our houses. I agree. Um, and then I did see some complaining. I know Will Starrett was a little upset that going into this week we had literally heard nothing official from WCHA that anything was even happening or whatnot. And then I kind of laughed because after they released it, I saw, I can't remember if it was Wooten or Dilks, but one of them pointed out that the WCHA is the first conference to publish all games and dates and like an actual full schedule, I guess. Oh, everybody else is just coming out with plans rather than what the actual execution of the plan is. Yeah, and maybe I'm maybe he was mistaken because I thought the Big Ten had dates and a schedule, but maybe they're the second conference to do it. I don't know. Um, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. I'm I'm excited that it's happening while also nervous that it still actually won't happen. But I have a feeling that they will try and kind of find their way through it even maybe if that's not the best idea. Do you, do you change of topic a little bit back to the roster? Because that fine. roster is what yeah. I have currently up on my screen. <laughs> um, Squirrel. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do you remember uh, Bantle and Kataroth? Uh, do either of them predominantly play center or are they wings? I thought Kataroth was a center, but I don't remember. At what point did roster suddenly go from actually having that listed all the time to being just, you know, forward I don't D? know, but... Is that what... It's just does the tech roster D. literally yeah, say that? D. Yeah. Like, I remember as a kid looking at the roster in the in the program, and it was always listed where everybody yeah, was, Yeah, it used right? to say center. I mean, but it, they don't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, it, it was even it was past that. It was center, left wing, right wing, right D, left D. It was it was broken down all the way through there. You mm-hmm. know, so I think there's just I think just there's a, too much fluidity where the game has changed enough. Players yeah, are never agreed. players are not always playing left wing or always playing center. In different situations, they're playing different positions, and it's right. Arvid Kataroth is listed on Elite Prospects as a center, right wing. Carson Bantle is listed as a left. Oh, sweet! What? We, so we could potentially have like a an all six five line. <laughs> so that's you just started by height and hope for five guys who, to fit all the who's positions. Who's the other one? Uh, Reitmeyer. Well, Reitmeyer six four. So not all six five, but we could throw um, David Risen in out there. He's six five. Okay, and then have. Um, like Leip and Datama and Datama and Datama and Watson six or, five six or the three. new guy. Okay. Uh, Somebody's not enjoying my podcast at all. Oh no! Yes, Stella is sleeping behind me as well. <laughs> She's just that's what she does. Like for a husky, it's kind of weird. She like sleeps, I feel like half the day, and then goes nuts the other half. No, she's no? never really nuts. Nice. The one thing that's funny now is I bought a uh, like a Roomba, but not that brand. 
on Prime Day, and I haven't figured out how to stop it. So every night at like eight o'clock, it starts vacuuming. Sure. And she freaking is scared to death of the thing, like running her over. Yeah, my and dog. I don't does know not, why. My dog does not appreciate the vacuum in any way as well. Yeah. Well, I know, but it's not even like loud, like a regular vacuum. Sure. Like, it's just a Roomba type thing, and like. I came. We came home tonight from our play date, and it was on. And she's like huddled in the corner, like scared to death. Oh. And the and the and the Roomba is like stuck because of of soccer scarf got like wrapped around it. So it's just sitting there trying to move, not going anywhere. <laughs> and she's just like, "Save me!" <laughs> yeah, it was sad, but yeah. Poor Mutt. Anyway, I think anything else you want to talk about on the team or the league or no i'm just anything? glad to be i'm just really glad to be talking hockey as yeah as weird as it feels after this summer i am from us just watching the game perspective one of the real neat things about watching some of the you know sports leagues that have started back up around the world like watching the bundesliga or watching english soccer being able to hear what the players are yelling during the game is a super interesting aspect uh, during the the games without players. So I'm kind of curious if if we'll be able to pick up on that at all, given how you know a hockey broadcast is with it being farther up away uh, and being kind of you know the sound is all contained within the rink itself. Well, I do think I do think when Dirk broadcast he has mics down on the glass so if you don't also have the crowd noise you're gonna get a lot right. more of that and yeah. not have it drowned out by the crowd that that's been one of like the i don't want to say saving graces or whatever but it's one of the really interesting pieces of watching the the no no fan games uh with with soccer has been actually hearing the strategy back and forth hearing the coaches yelling hearing the players giving everybody crap you know it's been it's been a really neat aspect as a spectator to hear that. No, so, I agree that that I, I do think that's one of the things that the American broadcasts have screwed up with a lot of the sport, the American sports piping in fan noise or whatever, piping in crowd yeah, noise, that. and then when Fox tried to do like the fake fans at baseball games on like Sunday afternoon baseball, it was terrible. Like it's so distracting because you know they're not real and like yeah. they're not. Yeah, it's weird like and i was so happy i couldn't remember what it was now but there was something i don't remember who it was but somebody on there if you watch the game on their app you got to pick another feed that didn't pipe in the crowd noise and like the best part about it was not only did they not pipe in the crowd noise but somehow they screwed up and it didn't even go to commercial break. It just stayed with the game during sure. commercial break. So I didn't even have to watch commercial. So it you felt so like you were actually in the arena wasting a bunch of time while they were on commercial breaks? Well, yeah, but at least I didn't have to watch commercial breaks. You know, yeah. like it just kind of. I think they did a good job of at least like killing the mics so you didn't hear like things that they didn't want you to hear, like Tom Brenneman said for the Reds this Oh, yeah, Oops. that was a big one. Yeah. Hot mics are a thing. <laughs> they are. But yeah, no, I, I, I thought, I thought that was a really. I mean, we know we're, we all know we're in a screwed up situation where there's not going to be fans there. Don't try to shove the noise on top of it and just let it be. Yeah, but some of the it unique is, experience some of it that is, it is. You, like in some situations, if you don't have the crowd noise in there, it's just going to be like 
bleep, 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 like, and they can't, and they, and they won't throw that on network like, TV in the U.S. I mean, we're talking about a flow hockey stream. Nobody is monitoring that for. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Oh, you know how many emails <laughs> Michigan Tech would get if all the f bombs that would were going out on the broadcast. Yeah, true, they can't do that. I, yeah, I don't understand that, be, but I get yeah. it. And it's going to be on Mix 93, I mean, so... We don't care, they have to but be there's careful. a large amount of people that listen to those games and kids and listening to those games that people are going to get pissed. And I, I know I, I always said that I kind of wish that... Children ladies that are watching. Yeah, I kind of wish what they had done, like Fox Football, I wish what they had done was, okay, you do your big fancy broadcast on Fox, and then on FX you put the same game on and you let me hear everything that you pick up and I don't care. And if you chose to watch FX, you don't care either. You know, like, let me go there and get the player feed because I want to hear all the audibles. I want to hear all the line calls. You don't want and all the, that the stuff. The teams would never agree to that. They're, they're, the players have too much of an image that they need to uphold and them cussing like sailors on <laughs> nonstop and whatever else they're saying is not going to be, they're not going to agree to that. No, I, I guess that makes sense. But, I mean, it's happening in pretty much all the soccer leagues. And usually what it is, is there's a guy sitting there with a dump button, and he's dumping it if, if they're cussing. And that's fine. Like, that's a little weird, though, because it also, like, like any background noise you have, like, then suddenly it's quiet for, like, five seconds completely. Because I think that's happening for soccer from what you've seen, Rob, hasn't it? I haven't noticed that much of it, no. But then again, okay. the soccer that I'm watching isn't. Uh, I watch a team that plays in the championship on their personal app, right, on their team's app and ESPN Plus when it's actually a covered game. Okay. Uh, and so I haven't noticed that at all. Uh, the Bundesliga games I've watched on they're on ESPN Plus now too as well. I can't think of any point where they've they've bleeped anything out, but most of the yelling isn't in English. Oh, right so it, it's it's a lot of yelling in german from the sidelines and you i've definitely picked up on a few curse words here and there but you know you have but to know what you're listening that, to cause, cause, yeah, <laughs> right that makes sense yeah all right well i think we've recorded enough um it's a good episode one <laughs> it's probably better than the it's better than the unrecorded unre- episode one original episode one yeah, say we're that. still looking yeah. for sponsors. <laughs> we're still looking for sponsors. If you're uh, listening from a a uh, a brewery in the UP, or and we're real cheap, like, or if you have any business in the UP that ships all over the country, maybe delicious food by dry, via dry ice, no um, cash needed. We would love to have you sponsor. We don't need a whole lot of money; just enough to. Uh, Pay for a few minor things, or you can pay us with pasties. We really don't. I care. will. I oh, will drink Widowmaker every podcast that we do. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could uh, get something going like that, and just we could keep using Anchor and just stop advertising for them since they give us nothing, basically. Anyway. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash checkhockeyguide like our newest patron, what did I say, Andrew Escola. 
Uh, patrons at the black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast co- podcast content, including uh, extended versions of pretty much every podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions to our email address, ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com, or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash ChasingMacPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I personally use Pocket Cast. I don't know. What do you guys use? Downcast. The Stitcher. We're on all of those, I believe, right? Yep, that's how I listen to our stuff. Downcast, I wasn't sure about. Okay. Uh, or like wherever I just you get your podcast. the paddle ball. If you, if you can't find <laughs> the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, the one other thing I want to point out is at our lowest level, at the $2 level, we are doing Zoom chats. We've done... Um, who have we all done those with? We did them with the captains this year. We did it with uh, Joe. With Joe and John Scott. And John Scott. It's been a lot of fun. We've got to get one scheduled here for November, and I will try and get that out for you guys. And then hopefully in the next episode or two, I will give you details on that. Um, but that's been a lot of fun, and we'll see where we can go with that next. Um Please check out Jonathan Zameda's season previews uh, throughout November uh, leading up to the Lake State series and Mike Antleitner's Old Dog in Texas columns, which I think there'll be a new one out on Thursday of this week. And then hopefully I think Mike will start being regular as long as uh, Mr. Matt Cavender and uh, and, uh, Alex Sleepek, our editors, can uh, get on top of that stuff. There should also be some semi-regular content from myself and Matt Cavender. You can find all this and more at techhockeyguide.com. As always, special thanks to our patron saint, Doc McGresin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to ThinkHumans for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethinkynotes.bandcamp.com. Yeah.
Save my life. 